with the call of today's game on Chargers Radio. It's our good friend, NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah. Good to talk to you. How you doing? Well, we're hanging in there. Five straight straight losses is never easy, and there's a lot of football left to be played this year. So uh, the Jags at one and five now heading to L.A. to face the Chargers at one and four. You know, you're around the Chargers a good bit, of course. Uh, This team is in games, it seems like. They're fighting. They've got a a defense. They've got a pass rush. They've got a young quarterback that a lot of people are excited about. So it feels like they've got some pieces in L.A. to get something done. Maybe not this year, but in the years to come. Yeah, it's interesting when you look at these two teams because you you look at the Jacksonville dropping five and how that has put them in a certain mood. And uh, you look at the Chargers, they've lost four, and it's a totally different mood. It's a a hopeful, upbeat mood because it all comes down to the quarterback. And when you've got a – rookie quarterback playing as well as as Justin Herbert has been playing against some good teams I mean he found out he was going to play in his first start after the coin flip against the defending world champions and goes out there and gave the Chargers a chance to win that football game he's been you know he's he played better than Tom Brady for three quarters of of that game down there in Tampa played well on the road on Monday night against the Saints so he's been impressive and and you know, you don't want to use injuries as an excuse because so many teams have uh, have dealt with it. Jags have as well. But when you look at the Chargers team with the right side of their O-line um, that's been pretty much gone, they've had, uh, you know, other skill guys on offense missing. But more than anything else, it's, you know, you miss Derwin James, who's as good as there is at safety in this league. Drew Tranquil, who is going to have a big year for them at linebacker. Melvin Ingram has not played a lot this year. Um, they've got Chris Harris, who they brought over as a free agent, who's been out. So, uh, despite all those pieces missing, you're right. They've been in games. They just haven't been able to make that one play they need to make to, to finish. Tyrod Taylor, of course, the, the quarterback you're mentioning there, who had the, the lung issue, the, the puncture yep. lung of all things early in the year. And, and that's what gets Justin Herbert in the lineup. And it's not really a fair way to get this the start, but it's just kind of how it is. He was going to get the starting role at some point. It just happened to be that early in the season. Uh, it, it does feel like maybe Taylor has a little bit left in the tank too you know maybe not in in Los Angeles down the line but he could uh, he could have a role somewhere in this league certainly yeah I I think you know I I think Tyrod's probably in that range of the you know 25th to 35th best quarterback in the NFL which means if you're on the right team you're a starter Uh, you're on the wrong team you're you're a really good backup so that's kind of where he finds himself in his career and I think that was they had a, a formula for how they were going to win games this year, which was Tyrod Taylor was going to protect the ball as he's always done. They're going to play great defense, going to win some low-scoring games. And we saw the game they won in the opener against the Bengals. Low-scoring game. Chargers found a way to win a close one. The, the Bengals missed a kick at the end. What happens with Tyrod, you know, that whole thing takes place. Justin Herbert gets out there. As Herbert's getting out there, your whole defense is being decimated. So the don't, you know, don't turn the ball over approach is not going to work. Uh, when you don't have a defense capable of keeping that score quite as low. So I think Justin Herbert's creativity and playmaking ability uh, has kind of added a a whole new element here to this offense. Has he stood up to some of the uh, traits that you saw in him coming in the draft process so far, Justin Herbert, and, and what can he improve upon a few games into his career here? Sure. I mean, he's, he's exceeded what my expectations were and I liked him as a player I liked his size, his arm strength, his ability, you know, as an athlete, very, very athletic. He's, you know, as a 4-0 student, his character, all that stuff off the charts. So you were, you were comfortable with that. My question with him was some of the off-schedule things. You know, can you be creative when you get something you weren't expecting? Can you make somebody miss in the backfield and buy time? And, 
and, and make some of those off schedule plays. Cause he didn't do that a ton at Oregon. Did it a little bit, but not a ton. I've seen it now. There's a handful of plays every week that he's been out there where he's, he's shown that creativity. Uh, there's a, his touchdown to Keenan Allen against the saints. They're in a, you know, six man protection. It's a seven man blitz. And, you got a, you've got a hot. He, he decided not to take the hot, and he just makes the free rusher miss and buys time, and Keenan Allen uncovers, and, and he delivers a strike. So some of those playmaking things have been, uh, have been impressive. Now, he still has, as you would expect, you know, two or three plays a week where he can get a little reckless, and it cost him in the Carolina game. He threw a pick. They were down there to kick a field goal before the half. Um, he throws a pick. He gets returned all the way back inside the five. The Panthers end up getting a field goal right before the half. It's a six-point swing and what ended up being a five-point game. So um, he's had, you know, one or two of those each week, but the good so far uh, far outweighs the bad. Daniel Jeremiah with us. He is the radio analyst for the Los Angeles Chargers, also an NFL Network analyst. And, well, the top NFL Network analyst. We'll, we'll say that. Certainly. No, don't say don't, No, no, don't, we, don't, we don't do say it. that. You're giving me trouble. Know, and, and apologies to Bucky Brooks because we, we have him on our shows too. <laughs> oh, Bucky's the best. This defense for the Chargers, Gus Bradley, revenge yeah. game, right? I mean, not really at all. That's not Gus's MO. Yeah. But we know what this defense is. It's rush four. It's drop the rest of them, get home yep. with the pass rush, and they're able to do that pretty well. Yeah, and I think, what look, when they can be healthy and have all their horses going, um, it's, it's been really effective. Uh, this, this year, unfortunately, with Melvin Ingram not being out there much, They've missed him. And Shannon Nwosu is a good player. He's, he's been able to generate some pressure. But I think you just lose a little bit of your depth being able to roll those guys through and, and keep them fresh. Jerry Tillery has uh, shown some real positive signs early in the season, but still a little bit inconsistent for, you know, what you, what you take him in the first round you're hoping you're going to get. Um, but, you know, Gus is – you've seen it. I mean, the one thing that, uh, that they have now that they maybe didn't have last year is when they drafted Kenneth Murray – They've got a linebacker now that can scoot. And you know in that defense, the coverage responsibilities for the linebackers, being able to run with some of those receivers on those deep over routes that you're going to see over and over again against this uh, cover three look. And Kenneth Murray can do it. He ran stride for stride with Tyreek Hill on, on one of the Kansas City Chiefs games. So he's, uh, he's a big-time, big-time athlete. But, you know, you miss Chris Harris. That's a, that's a big loss for that defense, and, and uh, there's just no way you can replace a Derwin James. So they're, they're fighting and they're scrapping back there, but I don't think this is the group they thought they were going to have. Daniel Jeremiah with us. The Jaguars' offense in the hands of Gardner Minshew this year. It's been a struggle for him as of late. The last few weeks just hasn't looked uh, sharp. 40-plus uh, attempts the last five games, five losing results. Of course, the, the defense has a hand in that, too. They get down yeah. early, and then Jay Gruden has to go away from a running game that has actually played pretty well this year in, in spots and James Robinson. But uh, with Minshew now, you're starting to get a, a little clearer picture of what he can and, and maybe cannot do in the National Football League. And the clock's ticking because we know how long he's going to have to prove things. Yeah. But it's just a matter of him being able to step up and improve as the rest of the season goes along. Yeah, and I think it's – look, I've been a fan of what Gardner Minshew did uh, last year. And I, I admire his competitiveness, his toughness. Um, you know, all the stuff with the leadership, all that stuff's off the charts. And just finding ways to make plays. But, but I likened him to somebody like a Jake DeLome who when everything was, was perfect around him, Jake DeLome took a team to the Super Bowl. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not a situation where he's going to be able to carry the team behind him. That's not, that's just not who he is. And, and he just doesn't have the physical tools to be able to do that. So, 
you know, that, that's, that's a little bit of the challenge for the team right now is, as you're kind of trying to build up a young roster, you, you, you're hoping that you have a quarterback maybe that can elevate some of those guys a little bit more. And um, I don't think we've seen as much of that this year from Gardner Minshew. And you, and you mentioned the clock's ticking because Jaguars are loaded with, uh, with draft capital uh, going forward. And this is a draft that looks like it's going to be pretty interesting at the quarterback position. So um, they're going to have to make that decision and that verdict uh, once we get to the end of the year. That is a professional transition to our bonus content on the official Jaguars <laughs> podcast network presented by Star. We asked Daniel Jeremiah, top draft analyst on NFL Network, about the top college quarterbacks this year. We know about Lawrence. Justin Fields gets cranked up this weekend at Ohio State. Trey Lance is a name. Everybody's throwing around out of North Dakota State. All of a sudden, a quarterback hotbed. Are those really the, the three and then the rest of the pack? How does it work at the quarterback position, at least early, midway through the college season? Yeah, I mean, I've, I did my homework on the big three over the summer. So I've, I've got those guys a pretty good feel for them. And I'm looking forward to diving into to what we've seen thus far. Fields hadn't even been out there yet. Right. I've only seen Trey Lance for that one, you know, exhibition game, basically. Uh, so you get a chance to dig a little bit deeper. But so this time of year is where I'm collecting. So I'm, I'm calling and collecting names. And then I can start really jumping in. But the name that I keep hearing over and over again is this BYU kid. You know, this BYU quarterback has got a lot of buzz with my scouting buddies. So I had somebody with a team the other day tell me they thought he could end up being the second quarterback picked. And I was like, whoa. But that's, you know, that's somebody who's generated a lot of buzz. Um, you know, Trask at Florida is big, strong. You know, he's a, he's a good player. I haven't done a deep, deep dive on him. But from what I've seen, I thought he looked like kind of a middle round you know, pick. So there's, there's going to be a bunch of other guys to jump into. But Lawrence has taken his play from last year, which I thought was a little bit underwhelming from what the expectation was. I mean, the year was incredible for, for Clemson. But I thought at the end of the year, he kind of tailed off a little bit, particularly in the last game. He's playing consistent. He's playing decisive. He is throwing the ball accurately. I mean, I think he's kind of separated himself a little bit. Um, and then I think it's going to be a fair fight, in my opinion, for the, for the number two quarterback job. And I've been a big Trey Lance fan. I liked him over the summer when I studied him uh, more than Justin Fields. And, uh, you know, I'm anxious to see how that all shakes out. But there's going to be those big three, and I think you're going to have a chance to see a fourth and maybe even a fifth in the first round when it's all said and done. It's funny how that works, right? I mean, you'll have Every one year. or two names, and then here come five in the first yep. round. You know? Every year. And, uh, you know, the, the good thing, if I'm, you know, if, if you're a quarterback coming into this draft class, and I, I would be excited because it feels similarly to when we had, you know, Mahomes, who went to a really good team, Deshaun Watson, who went to a good team at that time, was just happened to be picking up there. There, there were moves to go up there and get those guys. Um, you look at Lamar Jackson falling in the first round. Well, there's a great team there at the bottom of the first round in the Ravens. So, if you're a quarterback, the ideal situation is, yeah, you want to be the first overall pick. That's great. I'd rather go to a good football team that can nurture me and help me grow and develop. And I think when you look at teams like the Saints, who could be in the quarterback market, look at the Pittsburgh Steelers with an aging quarterback, the Colts with an aging quarterback. Um, there's been rumblings at San Francisco. You know, they might have had enough of Jimmy Garoppolo and want to go in a different direction. And these are really, really good organizations, good football teams that you'd have a chance as a young quarterback to, uh, to be in an ideal spot. Daniel Jeremiah with his final thought here and kind of big picture COVID world right now in terms of covering games. You, obviously, you do the Chargers games. You work in NFL Network things as well. You've got this Amazon business now on games. I mean, do you rest? What happens? My wife says that my hobby is collecting jobs. So that's, uh, that's been my hobby right now. But I think Bucky, you know, Bucky's doing, doing as many jobs or more than I am. So that's we, true. uh, 
we stay busy, but it's, it's fun. Like this week, you get a chance to do three games. So two with Amazon on Amazon Prime, and then they stream them on Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash move the sticks. And Bucky's with me on those. So it's me, Bucky, and, and Joy Taylor, uh, who you may know from, the, from Colin Cowherd's show. So we have a lot of fun on those. So we've got uh, uh, this week a Monday game, a Thursday game, and then a Sunday game with, uh, with Jags and Chargers. So I love it. There's no such thing as too, foot, too much football. You know that. Daniel, great stuff. Thanks for the time as always, and have a great call. I appreciate you.